are listening to Clonk, the Cardiff University Students Union podcast. So, welcome. Nerves down. We're starting podcast. We're doing men's mental health. We're talking about men's mental health in November. In November, we're touching on a couple of things. I have my notepad here to make sure the conversation flows, and we've got. Chris and Rebecca, and we're going to introduce ourselves um, and talk about why men's mental health is important to us. So Chris, do you want to go Yeah, so I'm Chris and I'm the Vice President of Societies and Volunteering for this year. Um, Becky, do you want to tell them who you are? Yeah, um, I'm Becky, I'm Mental Health Officer this year. I'm part of a group called Campaign Officers, so we all campaign on different issues alongside our studies. Um, and yeah, I'm Mental Health Officer and I'm the Venus. Fantastic. And I am Seb Ripley and I'm the Vice President of Heath Park Campus. So we'll go right to right to it straight away. Why is men's mental health important to you guys? I'll start to give you guys some kind of time to think. Um, I think for me, men's mental health was, there's always this conversation around um, men being strong and, and the stigma around it, which we'll touch on in a, in a, in a little bit. And from my previous experiences, I went to a, an old boys school, um, which you can imagine, you know, there are certain stigmas which are maintained there. Um, I think coming to university, there was a big shift for me. And again, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but being a part of something which you see lads around you sort of acting in a different way and sort of come together in a, in a sense of community, which you don't see for the rest of the year sometimes. Um, so yeah, men's mental health is obviously important to me and, and seeing things more recently, it's affecting lots of people around me. It's, it's good to see people talking about it more. But what about you guys? Well, I think for me, for like, <clears throat> uh, there's a couple of things that make it really important to me. Uh, firstly, when I was a lot younger, I lost one of my friends to their poor mental health. And I think that's really sort of driven me from the from the get-go back from being you know being in secondary school being at a young age mm. um having to have something that i've got to deal with um has really sort of pushed me to be like actually uh, this is something i really need to really want to get involved with and help with um and i think the other aspect for me is over over the pandemic over the lockdown um seeing people around me there mm. sort of their mental health decline you know the guys around me that just sort of being you know, stuck in the houses doing their doing their degrees from home over zoom just watching the kind of sort of that, that that sort of the, the difficulty, the struggle they had with that mm. is another reason why I think it's really an important thing to talk about. Mm. Yeah, I mean, from a female's perspective, it's really interesting to see everyone sort of band together, uh, sort of work together, raise money and do different fundraising. Mm. And I've always admired how groups come together and they actually do um, grow mustaches together or fundraise or do some runs. and. You know, everyone can get involved, but it's really nice to see that men just bundle together and just talk to each other openly about mental health when it has become such a serious issue because of lockdown mm. and even coming out and there's new anxieties rising and all that. But right now, everyone's coming together to raise money for a fantastic cause. So I think it's brilliant. Mm. I think we'll touch on, on COVID, I think, and the lockdown a little bit. So f- for me, I think... Lockdown was an interesting one. It was actually quite a bit of a blur, the whole COVID situation, because I started this role when I was this role last year. So everything was really unfamiliar for me. So it kind of went in a blur, and I can't really pinpoint things that happened last year. And it was different, obviously, being outside of that education setting, being in a working setting. And I think as soon as we sort of 
came out of it. And obviously this year has been so different for for me mm. uh, in the second Sabir with um, a new team and just a completely different experience. And um, I, some anxiety in terms of like interaction with people, I think, and it's not the same as it was before. I'm not really sh- sure why. I think it's, you know, around Cardiff, there are new faces that you don't recognise, even the ones you don't know, you don't even recognise. It's, it's a bit strange. So I think that's how it really affected me over the lockdown. Luckily, I was very well supported through the SU and my good group of mates as well. Um, but what, what about you guys? How did, how did the lockdown really affect you? For me, just, just that initial barrier to going out was a bit, was there, definitely. I think really I got into like I, it was easy during the lockdown to get to bad habits. It was easy mm. to to sort of you know create behaviours that weren't weren't positive for mental health. You, you staying in bed till two in the afternoon, things like that. Yeah, <laughs> things just because because it was mm. you know, you didn't have anywhere to be because you couldn't go outside. You couldn't go yeah. to places. Um, I think for me that's what really kind of you know um, affected my mental health during the lockdown during the pandemic is the fact that actually you get into these bad habits you stop looking after yourself as properly as you probably would mm. um, even things like going for a walk you don't even you know you just kind of slowly stop doing that because you're not doing all the other things you do mm. um i i think that for me was really the sort of the the, the sort of the linchpin of the pandemic the bit that's like actually this is what's sort of uh, bringing you down about it yeah no i think my experience of lockdown the one thing i really craved was people my own age so my family um if they're watching this i'm really sorry but my dad's over 60 and my mum's a bit older as well um my brother's 18 and i don't know what call of duty is like or fortnite or anything like that i don't play on the playstation sorry um but for me i really crave social interaction with someone of my own age and you get that at university and all of my course mates were sort of in the same sort of situation but you kind of just felt really isolated and alone and then you come back into a university setting and some people are now living in studios, they're now living with other people they don't know because they didn't know how to process finding a house. Um, so just went with people they sort of knew, but maybe are not quite happy right now. Mm. So it's kind of, I don't know, it's like walking on broken glass at the minute with yeah. people around you. You're glad that you can see people and hug people and just have that social interaction. But at the same time, you kind of feel fragile in what you're mm. doing and saying. Yeah, I completely agree. You sort of touch on like a legacy of COVID yeah. in terms of things aren't really the same. And like the classic one for me was <clears throat> the, the house that I live in now. <laughs> They filmed the virtual viewing well, oh, like no. wide, wide angle camera lens on it. So it's absolutely tiny, but it looks really quite spacious in the oh, video. No. Um, so that's my housing nightmare. Um, I think, Chris, you also touched on the fact that, you know, mental health is also something that we do, every, something that happens every day, it's, it's, um, which is something I necessarily learned, but came to terms with a little bit more in the last few years, which is that, it ebbs and flows every day. So yeah. it's when we talk about mental health, especially um, I think amongst men in my circle, you think the extremes, because those are the things you hear about in, in men's mental health. You hear about um, the extremes of, of mental health. So people seem to tend to go away from the fact that you can have a poor day and stay in bed until two o'clock. And that's fine. And it might come back up the next day, but we yeah. do have to be conscious of this as the same as our physical health, making sure that we are monitoring where we are and where we are. So we'll move on to November a little bit. And this is where I have a little bit of a spiel about November. So I'll try and remember this. Um, November is obviously celebrated through November. Fantastic. 
Originally started out as just growing mustache, and I believe it was just around testicular and prostate cancer. But you know, as the conversation has changed around men's health, we're now brought into mental health and things like that. So really, really fantastic charity. It's huge now. It's basically its own brand. Um, interested to hear from you guys before I talk about my pitiful mustache. Um, <laughs> what has your involvement with Movember been in the past, if if it has been at all? So this is actually my first year really getting involved um, mm-hmm. with Remember. You know, starting with things like this podcast, starting with um, you know, donating to my friends who I know other mostly other unis doing their own things. Um, yeah. A lot of them in their sports teams. Um, you know, I've got <clears throat> friends at Exeter, I've got friends at Bath, friends at Bristol who are all sort of taking it up this year. Mm-hmm. Um, when you know, previously when I knew them back, you know, pre-uni, they are yeah. not something I would ever thought they would have done. Um, which it's just great. It's a great thing to to you know sort of sort of see and to, to sort of support them with. Mm. Um, so yeah, no, but I, uh, I'm not really going to grow my mustache myself. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll I'll give it a go and see how, I'll see how far I get. Yeah. Um, but no, definitely definitely this year for me, it's it's a first experience, and it, I'm I'm happy that I'm getting involved finally with with Movember as a mm. as a charity as a thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's great. I love supporting my family or my friends that are doing it. Uh, I try to donate to fundraisers where I can, even if I've not spoken to people in like two mm. years and I've not seen them since secondary school. If they are doing something for it, I will try and donate where I can. Mm. It starts a conversation going if you haven't seen them in a while as well, so that's yeah. always really nice. But it's nice to see people doing runs if they can't necessarily grow a moustache mm. or if they're doing some sort of movement or a dance class to do with fundraising for yeah. it. Always up for either going or donating or sharing about it on social media. Yeah. So it's little things like that that just sort of I do on my behalf that I can do whatever to increase awareness without growing a moustache. Yeah, absolutely. I think they've, they've done more to be try, to try and be more inclusive of people who don't want to grow a moustache, whether that, yeah. whoever that is, which I think is really good. And it's forward thinking of a charity, which is directed towards men's mental health and men's health um i've done it for a few years at school we weren't allowed facial hair so it was like the only time that we could have any facial hair (laughs) i think i got disqualified when i was at school for dyeing it because it was blonde (laughs) so it was blonde and it looked awful and no one could see it so i used to dye it and then um member of staff found it in my room and had me disqualified from the member that we did we ran in house um, but yeah I think my involvement mainly has been through sports clubs yeah. I guess a massive following through sports clubs which is always really good my um, housemate last year as well he did really well so he was diagnosed with testicular cancer Covid has thrown me off three years ago Um, and it was and in November he did a massive push on fundraising raised loads and loads and loads of money really cool and then was invited to like the Mo Awards in London and he had an absolute ball so it looks awesome Um, but they celebrate the you know the top few um, fundraisers but he did a really good job so shout out to Sam John if you're watching (laughs) Um, but yeah he did awesome and he always has he could grow a great (laughs) moustache as well so our house did it last year it was basically his, his moustache, which they like, yes. Um, but yeah, mine's, what day are we on now? Fifth. Five days ago. <laughs> I said you can feel it, but you can't see it. Um, but yeah, it's not too bad this time. Um, we've talked about the progression of Movember as a charity and, and as their work. So I think this has been reflected in sort of national. So we'll talk about national, we'll talk about personal as well. So what have you guys noticed in sort of the national and 
international conversation around mental health? Because it's definitely changed. But what was the most noticeable thing, do you think, we thought, actually, loads of people talk about mental health? I don't think social media um, yeah. massively like just you know post posts on that as a as a as a platform. Mm. Um, you know, it, it, even just you even just noticing it in the in in the last few years, sort of you know on on whatever platform you use, know, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Mm. Just the amount of people that are even if they're not posting something themselves, like you know, oh, we're doing this for mental health. Mm. They'll be sharing. They'll be liking. They'll be commenting. They'll be they'll be tagging. They'll be they'll be. There's less of a oh I don't want to be seen to be interacting with this this yeah. post because it's about mental health and yeah. you know, I don't want to be I don't want people to think certain things about me mm. and it's more of a actually you know, it's it's okay for me to support this friend it's okay for me to say actually I'm proud of this person for doing something around mental health let me mm. share this let me um, comment on this let me try and get this this interaction you know work the algorithms try and get this out there mm. um, you know whether that's a fundraiser whether that's an awareness whether whatever that that entails it's just there's a lot more. Um, uh, there's much bigger. There's much been, I think, a, a marked increase in the amount of people that are, are not necessarily doing it themselves, but sharing their yeah. friends that are doing it, mm-hmm. um, which I think has been, yeah, great the way yeah. that it's you know exploded out from that. Absolutely, personally. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Social media is such an important influence, and people liking, people sharing different posts. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Alex, who was on Love Island, obviously became mental health ambassador Absolutely. for the country, and that really got people talking who were mm. perhaps of a younger age than we are, it, that do watch Love Island. Mm. Um, but it's still getting out there, it's sharing the posts, and I think for younger children as well, they're getting more of an awareness, yeah. um, Start uh, starting through like mental health training, or just having more of an open conversation with their teachers if they're really young. But my brother, who's in sixth form, so he's 17, he's just started mental health first aid training, which I've been through, but I did it at 20. He's doing it now at 17. So it's getting younger, which is yeah. really good to see. So I think it's a combination of social media and also changing attitudes. And I mm-hmm. think because the conversation is changing, people who are a bit younger, who are in younger years, they're getting more active and sort of progressing it as well. I think you touched on a really good thing there as well. Something that I hadn't really picked up on is that a lot of celebrities as well, you know, sort of yeah. influencers, you talked about Dr. Alex, but there's others as well that are now Huge. starting to talk about, you know, it's all these sort of, you know, big famous people that lots of people know that lots of people look up to that are now actually saying it, that mm. the younger generation, like you say, are, are able to sort of look up and go, actually, well, they, they can talk about it. It must be okay for me to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I think is fantastic. Fantastic, well. yeah. I think for me, it's a couple of weird things for me. So, one of the things where I sort of noticed uh, a wider reach around the conversation was when people I didn't expect would ask you how you were. Yeah. So, actually, I've, I've gone very poorly into this. My mum would always check on how I was, yeah. but more recently in a different way. So, ask me really quite directly, how are, like, how are you doing? Which... I think was a noticeable thing, one reflection, not necessarily the first thing I noticed, but I think actually, you know, this is a definite change. Um, I think also for me, it was the way that when a friend or someone I knew or someone, friends or friends, lost their lives through poor mental health, what was the response from the people around them? That has changed as well. And it's much more celebratory of their lives and... Um, go doing more for men's mental health and, and trying to promote it more. And 
whereas before it was more secretive and it wasn't something that was shared. So I think that's a really positive change as well. And, and fundraising just comes from absolutely everywhere. So a, a charity I've done some work with is called the Ted Senior Foundation. I say work for charity fundraising. I haven't done any work for them. Um, they uh, were set up for a Ted Senior um, who also went to school in Monmouth, which is where I was from, and had very good um, friends in the sports club that I play for here. Um, and the foundation was set up in his name. And it does really good stuff. So it also looks really quite intended at university structures. So putting paid um, sort of ambassadors myself, into sports clubs. So they do some work at Bristol and we've done lots, lots of fundraising here for them. But just having that, having whereas charities before you'd associate yourself with a charity, now we're moving more clubs are associating themselves with mental health charities, mm. which is really, really good stuff. Um, and yeah, something that is definitely noticeable in, in student communities. I sometimes worry, and it'd be good to hear your thoughts, sometimes worry that we are in a bubble. So we are, we've gone to university, my sister went to university, um, but I have some cousins and some friends of mine who didn't go to university and haven't experienced that increase in mental health awareness. Do you know anyone like that and who may not, might not even be on the same page in terms of our bubble, potentially. That's a good point. So, I was, you know, when I mentioned before about my friends at different unis that are doing it, it's interesting that I said different unis, it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. a university that actually, you know, you do have this sort of almost change from when you were at sixth six form or secondary school where, you know, mental health is something that, okay, maybe you talk about your friends, maybe it's something that is a big thing within your community or whatever. Mm. But actually, at uni, we have a mental health officer, we have um, full teams, both within you know, the union and the university, yeah. who deal with men mental health as, 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 a, as a subject. And that's, and that's not something that is feasible for a small sick from a small college or a small you know, secondary school. Um, so I definitely think obviously that's a massive thing, thing that, um, you know, sort of a massive help at university that actually there is a lot of services that are just so readily available with so many people talking about it. Um, you know, like, like I said yourself, Becky, you're the mental health officers. Yeah. We even have a foot, we even have a position within it within our democratic structure is how ingrained it kind of mm. becomes within within the university. Um, whereas though, you know, people, you know, friends that haven't been, mm. they don't have that as, you know, they sort of leave secondary or they leave sixth form and that's it. Where do they yeah. go from there? Where's, where's the con continuation of the conversation? It's, it's not there. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think that's, you know, it's almost like for them, there's, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's not, they don't have that next step, another extra system mm. um, that they go on to after they leave sixth form. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. So my friendship group sort of outside the other unis is quite small, but they've, when I said, you know, oh, I'm going to be mental health officer, it's been like, oh, we have one of them, or oh, we've got someone who campaigns and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's always good to see like universities like Bath, like Salford, like Manchester, mm -hmm. uh, reaching out and sort of doing different roles within the students' union, within the university itself, where they encourage sort of campaigning on different causes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I think... Even when, like, when I got the role, I was trying to explain to my mum what that was. Yeah, and my so. mum um, got very confused. <laughs> I was a bit like, you're a walking counsellor? No, 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 no. But it's, 
it's starting to get the conversation going with sort of people who haven't necessarily gone to uni who mm. maybe back in their day they didn't have anything like this mm. and now that people have different roles it's becoming more of a norm and it actually it's more accepting to be like oh how was your role today like yeah. how, what have you done what campaigns have you done <laughs> kind of thing and i think within the campaign officer team ourselves we're always really supportive of what each other does or what campaigns we do and mental health ties into so many things so yeah, it's great absolutely. to see everyone bringing it in and sort of campaigning on it yeah, absolutely. I think, and also, the more we exist in this bubble, obviously, but I think the more we educate ourselves and talk to each other and have conversation, it does, it is infectious after you yeah. leave university and go into a workplace. You have that ability to sort of maintain the conversation at a relatively good level. Um, and then obviously as national stuff goes on, it's easier to keep going. So we spoke a little bit about school. So what have your experiences from school to university, obviously, what for me was a, a quite a massive shift in terms of the conversation that I'm going to have. So was that something that you noticed as well with your, your schooling? When I was in secondary, I had some elementary, my friends briefly at the start, and mm. obviously I was with my friends to their problem health then. So sort of all of our friends kind of came together at that point, and it, it wasn't, but it wasn't like a coherent, you know, we've all got each other, it was more of a actually we'll kind of we're dealing with it in our own way. It felt very separate, very secondary, mm. very actually, not something we didn't talk about, but something that you just, it just you didn't yeah. communicate about that. Um, I think a major difference here at uni is, is, is that whole like, actually, there are people for you to talk to and it's not, it's not a difficult thing to find, it's not as difficult of a thing to find the support. Mm. Um, and at the same time, you're obviously breaking down, breaking down that stigma from, yeah. Um, when you're at school, like I said before, about how you've got mental health, obviously you've got these services. So definitely at university, that definitely felt a more, there's more of a, actually, this is, this is something you talk about. This is something that is, isn't just brushed under the carpet. is isn't just sort of mm. like, a, oh, this happened to us, mm. but let's not talk about it, um, yeah. you know, yeah. and how it's making us feel and how it's affecting us. Mm. Um, that's my experience of coming to uni with it. Yeah. yeah, I think with my secondary school, it was very much a sort of suffering silence kind of atmosphere. Mm. There was no sort of designated support that you could easily access. Um, there was no sort of mental health designated person in each year group. You didn't often hear people talking about it. It would only come up as sort of a teacher training day every now and again, just yeah. mention the subject and that's it for the year. Um, but, you know, as I say, my brother is still in the same school and he's been trained as first aid announced, which is great. So they've progressed. They've progressed oh, massively. Mm. Um, to having people in the year, to having people support that way. But when I came into uni, I struggled to find support my first year. Okay. So I struggled with my flatmates a bit. Mm. Um, they used to go out and drink and I, I do law, so much of my life was reading um, yeah. or doing lectures, unfortunately. Uh, still is. But um, it was just, I tried to access support and I couldn't quite find it because mm. the website wasn't user-friendly. I didn't know how to submit myself to try and get counselling or go through the process or anything like that. Whereas now, after lockdown and through lockdown, it's so much more user-friendly yeah. and it's so easy to self-refer yourself mm -hmm. or just to talk to anyone. My email's always open. Um, <laughs> but just to approach anyone or reach out over social media or anything, it's so much easier to mm. do. And I think if I was in the same situation as I was in first year, yeah. I definitely would have approached someone much better than I would. Yeah. It's so good, the reflection back on it. And being, and sort of acting as that mentor and being like, actually, yeah, first year is a bit stressful. Yeah. I think the, the thing that we forget is, especially as you grow older as well, you build support structures. Yeah. So 
at the end of school, you'll have almost every support structure that you think you want in place and then go to university and it's just shattered and yeah. you haven't got anyone. And if you put yourself... And then again, you have to find people you want to socialise with. Yeah. And that, that is such a difficulty for, you know, if you have high contact hours or you have lots of reading to do outside of university um, or even if you prioritise university differently to going out. Um, yeah. People do that even if they have high contact hours. So... Um, being able to find that support structure quickly is, is, is quite an important thing. We're going to move on to stigma. I said I'd put this earlier, but I forgot. <laughs> so we're going to talk about stigma now. Um, there is, people always talk about stigma around mental health. And I'm not even sure if I've got my own head around it, if I'm honest. Um, in preparation for this podcast, I was just thinking, what am I going to say about the stigma? For, for me, I still have friends who go, don't ask me how I'm feeling. Like, if you think, if you think I'm annoyed... Just don't ask, because you'll annoy me more. Yeah. So I think there are still plenty of my friends. And to be honest, I'm, to an extent, sometimes I'm like that. I'm like, don't ask me how I am, because it's only going to wind up. But then take if I take two seconds, I'm going to actually, right, okay, I can engage this conversation. I can do better than this. And I think being able to know the nuances of your mates. So this one, who says, don't ask me how I am. I know, how to, I know how to check if he's okay without going, are oh, you yeah. all right? And there was some social media person infographics a, a couple of years ago that were like, how to ask if someone's okay without saying, are oh, you okay? And there are different ways. You, you are the only one to know your mates. So um, being able to, even if they have that stigma, being able to get through to them, I think, you know, it's potentially born out of sexism and... and um, you know, the sporting culture as well is really quite particular. It'd be interesting to hear from your side, Chris, around societal groups, because my side has always been sport, and there's definitely, definitely a stigma in sport around mental health, but is there so much away from the sports pitch in terms of societal groups? Do you know society groups? Yeah, I think society is so... <clears throat> I think society is probably a, bit, a little bit further behind the curve than sports groups with the whole November, you know, actually, let's talk yeah. about it, let's open this up conversation up. Um, I definitely do think it's something that's improving. I mean, even um, you know, even last year we had a we we had lots of welfare officers. We had them. Yeah. They had people coming to them, mm. um, which is you know, on one hand you might think, oh, we had lots of people coming to us, but actually, no, we had lots of people coming to us. That's a good thing. It means people mm. aren't just you yeah. know saying, oh, there's no one I can go to. There's anything. actually there is that welfare officer in my society. I am part of this group that mm. has this person that I can go and talk to. Um, I think for them having that one person sort of on the ground, sort of right there, that's actually like. A student that's mm. there in the group that runs the group essentially that is there designated just for that. Yeah, um, I think that definitely helps them in society. And that shows that there is evidence that this sort of stigma is being broken down. That you can approach people. And I think that's a quite an interesting point that you say in terms of oh, you see increased numbers of people asking for help. You think that's a bad thing? Actually, it's good to see that people are approaching the support services that exist. Do you know, even just walking around campus. People look at... So I wear this hoodie quite often mm. because it's comfy and it's warm and it's one of the best hoodies I own. Yeah, they are hoodie, soft. So. Yeah. <laughs> but um, even when people look at you and sort of read mental health officer on the back, they're like, yeah. oh, I don't really want to approach someone that says mental health officer or something yeah. like that. Um, and I see myself as quite friendly and open to talk to. Absolutely. And I think stigma, even... You know when your housemate or your friend is down. You can see it in the way they sigh. You can see it in the way they're talking to you, whether they're shut off in their room for a while. 
And I think sometimes the best thing is just even not to say anything and just give them a hug or something. Because yeah. that can mean the world to people, even smiling at people in the street, on the pavement. Yeah. That can sometimes make someone's day, but you just never really know behind the scenes what everyone's going through yeah. or you don't feel comfortable quite to approach a random stranger and feel like, I'm really not good, but I really yeah. need your help. Because I've had emails over the past couple of weeks that are like, please, can you help me? Can you guide me? I need support. Yeah. And I've always been, yeah, let's go have a chat. Let's go have a coffee. I love my Costa. I love my Starbucks. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think there's such a stigma about reaching out will not help you, but it will. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just talking will help. Yeah, I think for me in terms of men's mental health, it's been massive sort of with my friends. It's almost like you used to always sort of say, how are you? It's kind of like a throwaway comment. Yeah. It used to be a, yeah. it's, it's so much of a, how are you? And you just expect to kind of be like, oh yeah, I'm all right. Oh, I'm good, mate. How are you kind of thing? Like, yeah. um, Whereas now it's almost like, you, you sort of, you know, remember a minute ago, Sam, where you said about, um, you know, how are you, your, your mum's actually saying, how are you? Yeah. It's almost like, for me, it's almost like, you know, I say, oh, how are you? And it's like, oh, I'm all right. So, no, 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 how are you actually doing? Yeah. It's, it's almost like there's that change um, that's slowly getting there. It's also, I've just noticed last sort of, not you know, really recently, is that actually people saying, no, how are you actually doing? Like, yeah. it's, not a, it's not just a throwaway, oh yeah, I'm good, thanks, you yeah, know, how are you kind of thing. It's like, no, how are you actually doing? How are you feeling today? Yeah. I think that also relates to sort of like how you maintain your own mental health because then you become more aware of people around you. Chris is saying an interesting point around, you know, managing your mental health and helps looking out for other people's mental health, especially. I think um, one of my housemates this year has taken a lot of time to look after himself and his own mental health in the last year over lockdown. And he can ask some really quite good questions when you come in and go. And so that notice, so he might not ask on the first day when you come in and you dump your bath down and you've been a grum. But then he'll <laughs> ask on the second day, I go, oh, been down a little bit, are you all right? And I go, yeah, I'm fine, mate, don't you worry about it. And then we'll, we'll have that discussion, you know, whatever it is. But it's that noticing that it might have been going on a while and notice that someone actually cares or someone that's close to you yeah. all the time. I think if you're in tune with your own habits and, and things that might cause you to peak or trough or whatever it is it, it does become easier to notice um, things. we're going to talk about what car we're doing for november so we the current thinking is we have a november rep and sorry november have reps across universities so really well structured well set up <laughs> but you're going to talk a little bit about what people can do if they don't want to grow a mustache and still want to be involved in men's mental yeah, so on the Movember website, they do suggest different things. You can do your own sort of campaigning, whether it can be like a bake sale or if you want to do your own sort of small fundraising thing. But I think the main sort of thing they're suggesting for people is to walk 60 kilometres during November. Just 60 kilometres, take it at your own speed. Mm. And you can always just donate or support your friends or make their moustaches funny handlebars or something. Mm. But, you know, support them that way. Well, I think I'm trying to get something for you. <laughs> the uh, the classic one as well is if you've got a load of lads doing it in the house or or anyone yeah. fundraising in any way, it's like, oh, I'll donate you five pounds if you donate me five pounds. Last year we did move for November, yeah. which is the sixty kilometres. We did it in house in the SU, and I think I ended up having to do like half marathon on the last day. Wow. So, <laughs> But there's loads and loads of different ways that we can raise money for November, so that's fantastic. Um, I think we'll round it off there. Um, it's been really good to chat to you guys. And yeah. um, you have a mental health podcast as well, your own, called... Yeah, Mental Matters. 
so it's hopefully come out every couple of weeks mm-hmm. but I, my first one should be coming out and I chat to Ashley the BME officer and we just nice. have a conversation about our well-being and homesickness mm-hmm. and we're going to have different ones and sort of stress sort of Christmas fun episode and cool. we're just going to go from there and see where it goes wonderful so it sounds awesome um yeah, so check out, obviously you'll be watching this podcast, or this podcast, so make sure you check out Mental Matters at another point. Um, thank you very much both. Thank you. For, for chatting about our own mental health and things that are going on in Cardiff. Thank you very much. Thank you. Goodbye, everyone. Cheers. Bye.